BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Huge news in Laker Nation. The Lakers and Nets pulled off a deal before Thursday's draft. The Lakers are sending D'Angelo Russell and Timofey Mozgov to the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for Brooke Lopez and the 27th pick in this year's NBA draft. First reported by Adrian Wojnarowski of the Vertical. Russell was taken second overall by the Lakers in the 2015 NBA draft. Here's the full trade. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy FML AF. I, I honestly don't even, I don't even know. I, I'm, I'm contemplating. I, I don't know. Um, so it is about 8.14 p.m. at the time of this recording 
Uh, Tommy is currently driving a vehicle and doing this podcast. Uh, We hope he gets home safely, but given the events of today, nothing can be guaranteed. Isn't that right, Tommy? Nothing can be guaranteed. Uh, I don't don't want to say I'm going to drive this car into a wall, but uh, (laughs) after today's events, nothing can be guaranteed, like you said. Uh, Alan, how are you uh, feeling before we try and get organized? But honestly, this show is Lakers Legacy Unplugged. Uh, Anything goes, but Alan, how are you feeling? Bad AF. Feeling bad AF. That that would sum it up. Um, So obviously, as we surmised yesterday when we were doing our pretty lit AF podcast, I feel like we're just going to talk in acronyms. (laughs) As we were doing our pretty lit podcast yesterday, feeling very optimistic, we we mentioned that this is probably going to be obsolete by tomorrow. And it ended up happening, but I thought it was going to be obsolete in a good and positive way, if you guys know what I'm saying. Like, I thought today, our podcast yesterday was going to be old news because it was going to be good vibes all throughout. The Paul George news came in, and it did. You know, mid midday, we hear... Uh, Paul George, Indiana, and the Lakers have engaged in a Paul George trade, and we got all excited. And then, uh, let me know what you guys are thinking, because we were connected through Facebook message the entire day, pretty much. But slowly but surely, our sentiments started to shift around, like, 2 p.m. or so, where we're like, hey, is D'Angelo Russell going out in anything? Because they keep pumping out that Ingram and the number two is untouchable, but D'Angelo Russell is not mentioned in any of this whatsoever, and just, I think collectively, we all got this vibe that maybe D'Angelo's gone. And I feel, Tommy, you even said, like, he's gone, dude. I think he's gone, right? What what made you feel that way? Was it just, like, a gut thing or what? Well, it was kind of a gut thing, but it's also kind of like what you just said. It, it was, like, all these reports. And I'm not, like, one to jump on one report and be like, okay, this is what ha- what's happening. But so many consistent reports were coming out about how, like, oh, the snag in any Paul George deal so far is that they are completely unwilling to part with the number two pick or Brandon Ingram. They don't want to trade number two Brandon Ingram. They don't want to trade number two Brandon Ingram. And nothing ever mentioned D'Angelo. Couple that with, like, the rumors yesterday of, like, oh, they, uh, you know, they are trying to dangle D'Angelo for, like, a number, or sorry, a number, yeah, a number eight to 12 pick and all this and that, and we kind of thought that was bogus, it just something felt like whether or not they were, I, I didn't know what exactly they were going to do, but I thought D'Angelo was going to be involved in some sort of Paul George trade. Uh, yeah. But little did I know it was actually much, much worse. So if anybody doesn't know to make it official, the Lakers sent out D'Angelo Russell to the Brooklyn Nets for Brooke Lopez and his expiring $25 million or whatever. Uh, the, the Lakers also sent out Timofey Mozgov and his three years left of $16 million per. And the Lakers are getting Brooke Lopez, his expiring, and the number 27th pick from Brooklyn. Brooke? And, yep. Brooke Lopez, everybody, coming back home. Um, He's coming home. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming home. Um, Alan, what were your feelings throughout the day? If you could recollect your your progression of emotions yeah so uh i mean i was pretty up to date with you guys uh throughout the morning and the afternoon but then coincidentally right around two o'clock like i i could not be paying any attention to facebook whatsoever um so from two to three i was completely in the dark 
<laughs> and oh, uh, no. <laughs> one of my one of my old friends from grad school texted me the screenshot of Woj, the Woj bomb, and <laughs> the client that I was working with, I literally had to like tell them, "Hold on, can you give me like ten seconds? I'm just gonna sit here and stare at this wall." <laughs> and they're like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, like nothing happened in my life or anything, but something did happen." And then I asked this person, are, are, are you a Laker fan by any chance? And then they were like, no. And I'm like, okay, then you wouldn't understand anything I'm about to say. Just give me like 10 more seconds so I can compose myself. And then for the next like 30 minutes that I was with this client, I had such a difficult time focusing because I couldn't even read anything. I couldn't like have like a cathartic experience in reading your guys' reactions. So it was a very dark place. And I feel really badly for the person I was working with because I wasn't focused at all. <laughs> And uh, then I was subjected to listening to some local sports talk radio on my drive uh, right after that. So that was also difficult to deal with. Yeah, because they were likely praising the deal. Yeah, somehow. dude, everyone um, was so happy, but whatever, we're going to get to that. And I was not happy. Yeah, we are. Uh, speaking of a cathartic experience, um, please follow us on Twitter, at Lakers Legacy Pod. I went off today. Like, I went off. Like, I think I I shot out, like... I don't know, 30 tweets in the span of like 10 minutes just going off on this crazy deal. I don't even care. I understand our emotions are high. And maybe if I take a step back, we can f try and find some silver linings here. But at this point, I don't care. We just traded the number two pick in 2015. He just finished his second year. This is D'Angelo Russell. It still hasn't really hit me that we've traded him. But the more that I think about it, I'm just... I'm honestly just beside myself. I, 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 and it's not like I was talking to Alan earlier. It's not like I, I, there wasn't any scenario where I could grasp potentially trading him for something. I just thought in the event that we were ever going to trade D'Angelo Russell, we would actually be getting something back. And in this case, we are getting nothing back. We are getting a 28 year old three point shooting five rebound center in Brooke Lopez and obviously his contract is expiring, so we get rid of the Mozgov contract. And we're getting a 27th pick that we're probably not even going to use. And we're going to probably reroute that for a Paul George trade. But essentially, we are losing more young players than we're gaining, which is crazy to me to think about. And when the trade is being framed as a salary cap dump type of trade by the media, just objectively, and when Kevin Ding is saying stuff like, yeah, Palinka knows that he sold low on D'Angelo. That is a terrible way to start <laughs> any sort of, you know, rebuild or, or trade or even just optically any sort of thing you want to pu push out there to, to your fans. When you're starting off on that foot, we're screwed, you know? I feel like t today, it just feels like self-sabotage on the front office part. Um, I honestly don't know what happened. So I guess we can just go through like our initial visceral guttural reactions um tommy i guess i'll start with you because you know yesterday we were so confident we were giving the front office the benefit of the doubt we were saying how sly and savvy palinka was to you know try out all these different avenues and throw out all these smoke screens and what were the two tidbits we learned of um yesterday one that the lakers don't feel an urgent need to dump the Mozgov and Dan contracts and two that la has no plans to trade the young core or trade any valuable assets including the fact that they also didn't plan to, they said, we're not going to trade anything for Paul George. So how did things change so quickly when we thought we had all the leverage and Paul George and his agent even gave us more leverage? 
Tommy, what are your just visceral thoughts? Tommy? Alan, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Okay, why don't we start with you then, because Tommy's not on yet. Sure, so. sure. Oh, man, my guttural, visceral thoughts. Uh, not good at all, man. I mean, again, I was just, like, completely stunned that we did this, and... You know, for all the people out there who are going to say, oh, well, you know, Lopez is this guy who averages 20 points per game, and he's been an all-star before, and he, he he's he's a stretch three, <laughs> yeah, he's a stretch five. Stretch who can, three. He's, he's a stretch five who can shoot the three, and this is exactly what the Lakers want, and he's got a good personality, and he can bring a winning culture here. It's like, dude, oh my god, like, I... I'm continuing, like, to forget that we even got Brooke Lopez, you know? Like, all I'm thinking about is the fact that we lost D'Angelo. And for all the people out there who are saying, like, oh, well, D'Angelo must D'Angelo must have been um, just like a pariah in the locker room, you know? He's super toxic and things like that. I mean, I guess that could be true. And honestly, that's my only logical explanation. And we're never going to know if that's the case or not. Um, one of my first thoughts after feeling completely disgusted was like, I'm sure Magic and Palinka talked to Luke about this. And Luke is a guy who we have backed, you know, unapologetically for this entire last season. And, uh, I mean, there were things that Luke said throughout the year that would kind of be like, Ooh, like he doesn't sound super high on D'Angelo, but he's also not bashing him. Um, I mean, maybe there are just things about D'Angelo that Luke is like, look, I don't, I don't know if he's ever really going to get it. Um, and, and that could have led to this. But then the argument against that is, well, why the heck did you have to do it now? And secondly, like you said, why the heck couldn't we get anything more in return? Like just freaking something. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know, man. Those are my first thoughts is there must be something or maybe there's something we just really don't know, and we never are going to know because we aren't there behind the scenes with all of them. And I understand that that's giving the front office and Luke, etc., the benefit of the doubt here, but that's just me trying to be reasonable. But right. again, at the end of it, I'm extremely disappointed. Um, had the haul been better, even a little bit more substantial... Um, it would have been a bit of an easier pill to swallow, but at this point, it's it's like trying to swallow, um, like a pine cone. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, for a second, we thought the deal was better because we got that Karis Levert stuff coming out because he was in Woj's original article yeah, about the trade. Yeah. He said that we were getting Karis Levert, and then five minutes later, it got taken down. 30 minutes later, it went back up, and it was just mass confusion, and I was just like, if this deal couldn't have gotten any worse, the fact that we're getting teased with Karis LeVert being in there was just terrible. Because when Karis LeVert was there, I was like, okay, well, at yeah, least like, this guy has he, upside. He's a nice player. He's young. You know, like, he, he has can play three and D, sure. and we don't even get that. So um, I think, you know, D'Angelo Russell being a head case in the front office, not seeing eye-to-eye with him from day one, and just not having the right attitude and work, eth- work ethic, you know, that could all be valid. But at the same time, it's not, why did we all of a sudden act like we are the team with no leverage whatsoever? I felt like we yeah. were the Pacers. It's like, we have to trade this guy. Like, we, it sounds like we have five minutes to make this deal, and we just decided to do it because we have to. And then on top of that, it's like, 
why are you leaking to the media? Even because it's not like this is the first time we're hearing that they had problems with D'Angelo, right? Like, why would you purposely and intentionally put, yeah, they're worried about his work ethic. They're worried about D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle. I, I get that, that maybe they're trying to prepare the fan base that for the fact that they're going to trade those guys, but you're also lowering those guys' trade values, are you not? So for me, it's just like on all levels, it's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, Tommy, what are you, what are your thoughts on this entire? I was going to add we're, one we're more thing yeah. to that, and yeah, go ahead. I mean, again, th- we're playing the huge what if game here with regards to his character, and that's that's very risky to do because we don't freaking know anything. But I mean, what if around the league that really is his reputation without all of these articles sure. coming out from guys like Ding and you know whomever else? So I I mean, it easily could have been like. This counterintuitive, yeah, why would you be talking crap about the guy if you you should be trying to raise him up? Um, Like you said, it could absolutely be a PR thing for the fans, but what if this stuff doesn't make a difference anyway? Tommy? Uh, Yeah, no, I I don't really have a ton to add other than uh, the timing. The the reason this trade will never be justifiable to me, ever, even if D'Angelo is out of the league in two years, right? Because... The timing makes no sense. It sort of hits on what both of you guys said, but especially, Jonathan, what you were saying about... Uh, I don't know who is leaking all this nonsense about D'Angelo and him not being like a good locker room presence and him being a you know cancer in the locker room or what, all this nonsense. But like, even if all of that is true and even if we were ultimately going to trade him, he was the number two pick two years ago. Yes. And he held some value and you didn't do yourself any favors by trading him all of a sudden without like, you know, trying to make his image look a little bit better in the league, trying to give him, you know, one more chance to come in with like a point guard to throw him the ball so he can score a little bit better and like maybe up his value a little bit and then trade him at the deadline. My point is like, you're not signing LeBron James or anybody this summer. Why not wait until you have two guys locked up and you're like, okay, well now we have to clear space. It's like if, if they had two guys locked up and they made this trade for LeBron or sorry, this trade for uh, D'Angelo for uh, Brooke Lopez for cap dump purposes or D'Angelo just with Mozgov to anybody for cap dump purposes. I think we would all be like, okay, well you, that, that this is kind of stupid and it looks stupid on paper, but like, I get why they did it, but there's no justification to do it a year before you're in that position and you have no idea if you're actually going to be in that position. Even if we get Paul George as the next move, right? Exactly. Even even if the next move is Paul George, you don't know if you're going to get that that second star. And even if you did know you were going to get the second star right now for some reason, like let's say Rich Paul or, you know, LeBron's crew is like trying to tell Palenka already, like, hey, just FYI, like prepare your roster because LeBron is coming next year. Like, even if that is the case, you hold that card close to your chest and you don't say anything and you try to figure out how am I going to make this work? You don't just immediately go and say like, if it comes down to it next year and the only thing you can do is trade D'Angelo Russell or something like that to dump a contract, you deal with that problem at the time. I And, and again, like you said, the the toxic locker room stuff, Alan, I completely agree with you that that could be true. In fact, I'm pretty sure that probably is true. Yeah, because what else could it be? Based on like, oh no, yeah. he does not suck as a basketball player. We can already say that. And, you know, most people would agree. Yeah, he is at the very least a pretty good player. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's like it's yeah, it's based on what we. Uh, it's based on like obvious stuff like that, but it's also based on like okay, we people have heard things about him, and like he doesn't really seem like he's taking it that seriously, and yada yada, whatever. The point is that storyline kind of adds up. But even if that's the case, like you don't just do something like this just to make just to get him out of there. Like he was still the number two pick two years ago. He's a point guard of the point guards under 25 years old in the NBA. He's one of the better ones. So, like, what are you doing? Like, why? How is this possibly the best trade that you could possibly get for him? You don't know if it is because you weren't willing to wait a year because you could have just made the same exact trade or something similar or something much better by next year, you know? Yeah, and I'm not defending it, but what if they literally thought, like, we just want to get rid of him for some reason? If you want to get wow. rid of, but again, that goes back to Jonathan's point. If you want to just get rid of him, then how can this possibly be the greatest value? <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Trade him for multiple assets and then trade that one of those multiple assets you require with Timothy Mozgov to dump him. Yeah, at that point, that's just very, 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 very poor judgment. Yeah, it's like maybe the price actually was a god. I Maybe the price actually was uh, like a guy who, if he was going in this draft, I mean, regardless of what everyone's saying about like, oh, like no team in the top 12 wants to trade for D'Angelo, D'Angelo would have at least been a lottery pick in this draft. It's just like mind boggling to me that a lottery pick is what it took to dump Timothy Mozgov. Like we knew it was going to take a lot, possibly like to multiple late first rounders, but a freaking like lottery caliber player is not just a lottery. The number two pick two years ago. Like, like Julius Randle's to... a lotto, lotto player. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like I want to say Russell would be, I don't know. I'm biased because I really like D'Angelo, but I, he would have been at least a top eight pick in my opinion in, in this year's draft. So like, I think sure. he's, I think he's better than Malik Monk. He's like more versatile. And those are the types of guys that are around that range. So like, I think he would have been at least a top eight pick. And that's knowing what we know now, like we have no idea how any of these guys are actually going to translate to the NBA. He might end up being better than a lot of guys who go top eight this year. So it's just absurd to me that that's what it took to dump Mozgov. And yeah, the look, also- yeah, go ahead. I just want to add that, like, why did they do this so quickly if the first um, negotiations we heard about was them also talking to Indiana? Do you know what I mean? Where if they made a deal this quickly, then I would have expected literally the Paul George thing to hit an hour later. And still today, right now, we're still figuring out the parameters of whether it's going to get done. And for me, that's ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. You only make this deal this quickly if the next move is to quickly consummate the next one yeah the paul george one so the fact that we're still waiting and paul george is even up in the air right now is probably the most ludicrous thing i've ever heard in my life yeah like what were they doing what were the negotiations going on here and you're telling me that they couldn't have held out for hey give us your 22 pick that you got from the wizards it's five spots slower you know exactly seriously that is just like that is like pretty much inexcusable you know like it it, brooklyn (laughs) Oh god, dude! I just I can't even like. <laughs> I have no. Hey, don't words. drive off the freeway, dude. No. So I think the the other thing that stings about this, obviously, not just because we started this podcast with D'Angelo Russell as our logo. <laughs> he literally <laughs> was the logo. <laughs> He's still our logo, actually. Oh on god. Oh god. But. <laughs> 
But obviously, you know, we followed his career. We felt like he got an unfair We followed him to the bungalow. The <laughs> we, and you followed him to the bungalow. You followed him in Vegas. I, you taught him I the saw celebration. Him in Vegas. Even though he said, are you guys from China? I was like, I don't care. Let me show you how to do my work. <laughs> He's so immature. <laughs> Let me show you how to do my Wolverine 3 Claw celebration. He actually did it in-game. You know, obviously we have a lot tied to this guy. And, you know, that may be clouding us. But just the fact that Brooklyn right now, we allowed this team who was dead in the water to resurrect themselves out of nowhere and act like they got a number two pick in the last three years is so mind-boggling to me. I, I just hate knowing that Brooklyn could end up coming out of this with an actual young core when they don't deserve it. You know what I mean? Now they have D'Angelo Russell. And look, D'Angelo Russell may not end up being a, a franchise player, but he might end up being an all-star player. Yeah. And that's something that Brooklyn didn't even expect to ever have in the next few years because their picks are going to Boston. But yep. all of a sudden they can say, I have a number two pick, D'Angelo Russell. And even if he doesn't do as, as well as we thought, well, he's surely going to average at least, at least 20 points under Atkinson, who plays a pick and roll, pace and space, fast up-tempo type system. Easily, yeah. And I can, I can flip to him later for a better asset than what we just gave the Lakers. Yep. So... That's the part that hurts the most, knowing that we, on, on the one end, we're really helping out a team that, that was dead in the water, that was in the trenches, and now they, D'Angelo Russell is those, their savior, and, you know, good for D'Angelo that he's not going somewhere like Sacramento or Charlotte, and that he's going to be in Brooklyn. I'm sure, you know, um, Polinka worked that out with Mints, um, but it, he's going to kill us, man. He's, he's going to kill us. Um, like, even if he doesn't kill us, it's just like, you can't – and the reason we say timing, right, it's like how many guys are in the league for two, three, even sometimes four years, and you don't really know who they are until they're like a fifth-year player. You know That's what so I mean? True. So true. I know, I know D'Angelo has had like his ups and downs on the court, um, but he is only a second-year player. If you're not – if you don't need to clear that cap space immediately – which you don't, because obviously you got Brooke Lopez, who makes like just as much as Mozgov makes. So it's it wasn't like about immediate cap relief, right? It, we can all agree it was about long term cap relief. So like, yep. if you if but if you don't need to clear that cap space immediately, why not let this thirty year run out and see how it goes, dude? You just risk that, and the worst case scenario is you end up with a player who's like pretty good, and maybe you trade him for like a mid to late first round pick next year. You know what I mean? And then you package that with like a future first to dump Mozgov. And then at the end of all of that, we'll be like, all right, whatever, this is the best they could do because they're trying to sign these two stars today. But it just right. like D'Angelo could have like upped his game from like 15 points a game to 20 points a game this year. Very, very easily. And then you have a lot of teams around the NBA looking and being like, okay, here's this dude who's like cost controlled six ish million per year for the next year and a half or, you know, I guess whatever the next year or two and we have his op we can give him his option and like then we have con uh restricted rights over his uh free agency after that and dude is still only 22 and he's putting up these types of scoring numbers like a lot of teams would be into something like that it see it would seem like but i just it's like you said it's like you said what was the it felt like we had no leverage and we were like oh god we just got to do something right now <laughs> like what do we why did we have to do this now? We already have the number 28 <laughs> pick, dude. 
We already have the number 28 pick. <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, Oprah, you get a 27 <laughs> pick. You get a 28 pick. Uh, so you know what's going to make this even more sad? I obviously don't know the full extent of the number two pick and trading that. But I have to think that this is the lowest return in NBA history that anyone's ever gotten for a number two pick. Because Kwame Brown, former number one pick... Oh God! The Wizards got Karan Butler, right. who ended up being an All Star for Kwame Brown, who showed even less than what D'Angelo Russell is showing. Right, and the, so uh, to me, it's we didn't get anything for the just the number two pick, like optically, it's just number two pick. It, even if you put like a you know player X, and you don't even say it's D'Angelo Russell, that holds value in and of itself, and somehow we got nothing. You know, yeah. we got an expiring contract in a number 27 pick that we don't even need and we're going to ship uh, shift, sh- ship out anyways. Somebody and, should look uh, up what Hashim Thabit got when he was traded because I'm <laughs> well, that, I think that they just let they, Yeah, comparable, but they just kind of, I feel like they just let his contract run out, oh, right? And by fair. the time they traded him, it was like, it, it was definitely a lost cause. But D'Angelo's averaging, he just averaged 15 D'Angelo points. D'Angelo's like a legitimate, re- like, assist. reasonably good de- <laughs> Like, he has proven he can hang in the NBA. Maybe, like you said, maybe he's not an all-star. Maybe he's not a franchise player. But he can hang in the NBA. So it, it just makes no sense. And then even, even like, the bad other trades with number two. I know Elton Brand, who was, like, a former number two or whatever. Or, no, Tyson Chandler, number two pick, got traded for Elton Brand. So I, I, I'm pretty sure that outside of Hashim Thabit, we probably got the lowest return ever for a top three pick in, in that round. And, um, yeah, I it's so sad. But um, it's going to turn Alan, into LeBron. Yeah, I mean, they better hope it does, right? That's the only well, that's the thing. way. Like, it's, it's like we say that sarcastically, right? But, like, some people actually think that, right? But, like, my counter to that still is... Yeah, exactly. It's still... D'Angelo was only... In my opinion, his value was only going to go up. I mean, unless, yeah. like, everything, everything in the media is actually 100% correct, and this guy is just a complete head case, not working at all, not doing anything to get better, is never showing up in the gym, although, like... Every media person has tweeted that he's been in the gym pretty much every time they're there for workout Lakers workouts. So I, I, his value is only going to go up in my eyes. And I don't know, maybe this was just the market to dump Timothy Mozgov. I feel kind of bad that we, I, I think we mentioned it on this, on this uh, show before, but like, I always would say stuff like, Oh, well, Rob Kapalinka and Magic are talking all about character and work ethic and culture and all this and that. But let's see they, if they put their money where their mouth is, because we have some guys who are questionable in that department. One of them being D'Angelo Russell. And we, what we saw with Russell's attitude and body language and whole demeanor and work ethic, I, it was very, very questionable over the course of the entire season. And so, like even if they were just trying to just cut their losses completely and actually, yeah, they were just trying to put their money where their mouth is. I'm just in shock that this is the best they could do. And, and we still have some of those guys still left on the team. We so still do. Like... Jordan Clarkson, <laughs> Nick Young could opt in tomorrow is the deadline. You very well. Could Jordan Clarkson's even worse in my opinion. Yeah. So it's crazy that we're able to, and obviously he's probably going to get shipped off in a Paul George trade. So that's a moot point, but yeah. Um, Alan, let's talk about the the preceding report that we got that made things even worse. 
and exacerbated what we were thinking about the front office. And I think you know what I'm talking about too, Tommy. The David Aldridge report that the the Lakers, Palinka, and Magic were planning to actually ship out the number two pick to Sacramento Kings for number five and number 10 so that they could use the number 10 pick Couple that with number 27, number 28, and either Jordan Clarkson or Julius Randle or both, and then use that as a package for Paul George. And to me, I was just like, are you kidding me? So not only are we not going to have D'Angelo Russell, but we're not going to have Lonzo Ball as well. Alan, what did you think when you read that report? Uh, it was It's laughable, dude. It's like offensive, honestly. It's it's like that example that you gave, which I want you to tell as brilliantly as you did oh. about going to the prom with that, you know, that girl. So, I mean, this is just overall, my analogy for this is like the Lakers had all the leverage, right? They didn't have to really do anything or rush anything. And I told Alan, it's like, it's like the hottest girl at in, in your high school at prom, the prom queen says that she's going to go out with you to, to prom, on a date with you to prom. But it's like a few days out, and you totally lose your cool. You totally lose your shit. Instead of being just chill AF, <laughs> you get thirsty. You get thirsty, and you start thirsty doing AF. all these things. Thirsty AF, you go out of character, and you overcompensate, and you just... I don't, you just completely I blow go. it. It's like all you had to do is keep it cool. Don't do anything stupid. You're going to be fine if you just kind of play exactly. it straight. But instead, you just did way too freaking much, and now you yeah. look like a complete idiot. So You put you put too much cologne. You like <laughs> did a complete different hairstyle change for some god-awful reason. The girl already said, I'm going out with you. I'm prom queen. We're going to the prom together. And we, we totally lost it. And that's pretty much what happened. Yesterday, we were in perfect position. Paul George told us, I'm going to you guys. If they trade me, I'm going to you guys. It's and now he's like, like you guys look kind of stupid. I don't know anymore. <laughs> which is bewildering to me. But yeah, let's go yeah. back, Alan, to just the Lonzo Ball thing. The potential oh that they could have done this. I'm pretty sure Vlade Divac was laughing his butt off at all this stuff. He's like, yo, I'm going to save you guys from yourselves right now. I've been getting roasted so for the last few years. And I don't want that to happen to you guys because I was a Laker before. And Magic, you and I played together. But um. Oh my god, dude. If they had done that, like, so what the heck would we be left with? You know what I mean? Like, okay, you get Paul George, and there's no D'Angelo, like you said, and there's no Lonzo. So he's coming to, oh, guess what? There's probably no Jordan Clarkson, and there might not be a Julius Randle either. So what the heck team is left? It's him, Brandon Ingram, Lopez. And De'Aaron Fox. Oh my god, dude. So ridiculous. Um... The only thing, and again, I, I guess I'm the guy that's giving benefit of the doubt all over the place and whatever. Um, you know, maybe Indiana leaked this for whatever reason, just to show how desperate the Lakers might be. It's another leverage play or something like that. Maybe. Um, I freaking hope that is the case. Otherwise, they're just out of their freaking minds. If you traded D'Angelo, who's supposed to pair so well with Lonzo, you know, like tandem point guards, basically. And then what? You're just not going to have either one of them? That doesn't make any yeah. freaking sense at all. I mean, I think for all of us, this was our worst case scenario, right? When it came it wasn't to trading to for Paul George. <laughs> no, it was. This is like the darkest timeline. I thought they were going to approach this from a balanced attack of understanding. We don't There's have too to many do Rubik's anything. Cubes, man, they got really confused. <laughs> uh, Tommy, what? What? How do you feel about the front office right now? I, th- I think that's the question I want to ask because yesterday we were so optimistic. We were saying Rob Palinka is so savvy. Seems like they know what they're doing. They have back channels. It's pretty much tampering. Um, yeah, how are you feeling right now? Because at least for me, 
it feels like rookie mode all over the place right now. Like these guys are learning on the fly, have no idea what they're doing all of a sudden. Pretty much like that example, like a guy who just got asked out and he has no idea how to handle himself. He's never been in this situation before. So they're kind of spitballing. I would say they weren't spitballing if they were able to, you know, confirm these deals one after another, but it's clear that they're doing this on the fly. So what is your confidence level in the front office? And what do you think about them? And how is this in light of the fact that Jerry West became a Clipper on Monday, you know? Well, okay. So let's say we're looking at this on a scale of zero to 100. Uh, Last night, I would say the needle for me was somewhere in the eighties, maybe like the mid eighties or whatever, as far as confidence goes. Right now, I know there are some Laker fans who are, like, at a zero, you know what I mean? Or, like, a negative 100, and, like, some people are like, oh, I'm never, I'm not even a Laker fan anymore. Uh, I'm definitely not at that point. Um, Jeez, I I would say I'm, like, at a 70, (laughs) you know? So I'm, I'm much more concerned, for sure, that maybe they aren't as, I don't know if savvy is the right word, but, like, maybe they're a, a little bit, um, not delusional either. I can't even like think of the right word for this situation or like what the heck it is I'm feeling right now, but I am more concerned today than I was before. There's no doubt about that. Am I at a point where I think they should be fired already? No, I'm not. It's kind of like a, let's just sit here. Let's wait and see. Obviously, you know, they have quote something up their sleeves. Um, but again, the question is like, who's to say that crap is actually going to go down and God, they must be so freaking confident in themselves or arrogant if you want to spin it negatively that it will. So at this point, I'm like very like cautious. I I can't say I'm optimistic. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, kind of in the middle. Uh, I'm, I'm like upset, but still wanting to give them a chance, you know, and I'm, I'm more of an optimistic person by nature. Um, so I, I think that kind of plays into the fold, but I could understand why some people would, you know, already be saying, okay, these guys literally don't know what they're doing. They never should have taken this job. And, oh, Rob Palenka clearly doesn't have any GM experience. And that's why you never should have hired him. And, oh, let's bring up all those old stupid Magic Johnson tweets that are out there. Like, <laughs> see, this is clearly like pointing toward that. And yeah, he's, he's per aptly. Um, oh, and then, you know, Jerry West, like he's probably laughing at these idiots for not bringing him back. And this sounds just like Mitch and Jim and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, like I, I get that side too, but I, I'm personally not at that point yet. That's good. You'll have to hold that mantle up for all of us. I can do it, I... man. I'm going to be like the Dark Knight. I'm, I'm the person they don't deserve or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tommy, what is your confidence level in this front office and how are you feeling? I understand it may be overreaction theater right now, but I, I for me personally, I don't care because this reminds me of when we signed Mozgov and people were jumping in my mentions and telling me then, hey, stop overreacting. You know, it's not that bad. And I was like, what are you talking about, man? We just pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, <laughs> so what, how are you feeling? Yeah, so in terms of confidence in the front office, I'm just like, I feel let down a little bit. Um mm-hmm. I was so I, I I was like okay about Magic Johnson joining pending there being what I viewed as a competent GM also joining and not just letting Magic like run the show. And when the rumor started circulating like almost immediately that it was going to be Rob Palenka, I got really really excited because I was like, here's a guy who's been around the league for I don't know the last twenty you know fifteen to twenty years. He played basketball himself, which is not super relevant to me, but it 
the biggest thing to me was he understands the business side of basketball. He understands player values. He understands how to get a trade done. He understands talent valuation, I think to a certain degree at least. Um, and he seems like an extremely hard worker and Kobe signed off on him as like being a really smart guy. And honestly, everything about him to me suggested that he in fact was a really smart guy. Like he went to Michigan law school and I know he like went to Michigan for college and played basketball there. So like that didn't hurt his admission chances, but like graduating from law school is not easy. He, he worked at a top firm, which is not easy. He was recruited to be an agent by like Arn Tellum, which this, this kind of stuff just doesn't happen to everybody. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Mm -hmm. this is not an easy path that he had. He worked really hard and he did a lot of great things and he proved his intelligence time and time again. And I just had like completely, I guess at this point, blind faith in this guy because I was like, he's just going to figure it out and he's a smart guy and he isn't going to get fleeced and like all this and that. And then he turns around and we get something like this. You know what I mean? Like after like all this speculation and there's no Paul George trade, seems like it's remotely close to happening because it doesn't seem like Indy is going to jump on on any uh offer that we're giving them and even if an indie trade does happen it's like i don't know i for all i praise this guy for like his talent uh, you know uh his pro or asset assessment you know um abilities i don't know if he actually has good asset assessment abilities again i we heard all this stuff about how he couldn't get a lotto pick like anywhere in the lottery for d'angelo I just don't see still, I know we're just like hammering this to death. How do you go from that to just like basically dumping him for a salary dump and a late first round pick? It's just like, how could that possibly be the best you could do? It all just screams of like a panic move and it screams of like, we weren't able to get Markel Fultz. So, (laughs) you know, we weren't able to get our real franchise type guy. So like now we're just going to get Paul George to like appease people and like, these, oh, rumors are swirling that LeBron wants to join. So if we can lock up Paul George, maybe that'll make him more inclined to join. LeBron has like his own friends and his own agenda, and he's going to do what he's going to do. I think like we already got burned by this back in like that, what, 2012 or whenever it was that he resigned with Cleveland. When was that? Well, he resigned with Cleveland. I can't remember, but uh, 2013 or whatever yeah. it was, but we got burned by this once and we're going to get burned by this again because we spent the last like three years painfully and slowly recovering from the fallout of all of this nonsense about let's clear cap space and all this and that. And let's just let our contracts expire and not take back any additional contracts for, even if it includes draft picks, because we have to keep cap space. We have to keep cap space. We have to keep cap space. This hasn't worked already, and Palinka and Magic are like talking about it as if it's something that's now suddenly going to work. We've had cap space this whole time. We had. I think at the end of it, like they, for better or for worse, they believe in themselves that they can get it done. Oh shoot! So your you can shot. say, "Oh wow!" Like they're confident, or you can say they are extremely arrogant. We had cap space last summer. We had like enough cap space basically to sign two max free agents in a summer where there were no max free agents. And because we had burned so many summers in a row, not signing anybody, despite keeping all this open cap space, signing Jordan Hill to a goddamn $10 million (laughs) per per year contract. Like 
because we did all that, we we ended we found ourselves in this Mozgov and Dang situation. So like, what's going to happen now? We're going to create all this cap space. No one signs. We're going to yep. end up signing like a lower tier star. I'm not saying any of this is going to happen per se. I'm just saying like Paul George is very good. I really like him a lot. He would completely he would change this franchise a lot. That being said, he's not Kevin Durant. He's not LeBron James. He's not you know. What, even like a, I don't know if Giannis is a good example, but like what Giannis everybody thinks he's going to be in the next couple of years. Like he's not a guy where you just put him alone by himself on any team, and he's immediately going to make that team like very very good. Or in the case of LeBron, like make that team a contender just by being on the team. Suddenly they're going to be like a top four seed contender in either conference. I would say so. Like it, it's he's not that good. You know what I mean? He's going to need help and you just burned one of your like most significant assets in terms of either being that help for him or getting him that help just to dump right. a contract for a player you don't even have a, you know an agreement with it's like they did not need to cover for that mistake so quickly without even going through one season as the new front office you know and yeah. like you were saying like we've been do we we arduously trudged through we've played this, this trust, game already we've yeah we trudged through trust the cap space already and it was terrible <laughs> yeah. somehow the cap space did not work as well as trust uh, the process. and this is this is the other thing is we didn't even we didn't even intentionally get these lotto picks we fell ass backwards into them we did and we what do we do them. we lucked into them and we throw them away like they're nothing all of we a like sudden. laugh That's... in the nba's face <laughs> 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 and then we throw them away like they're nothing. It's so sad to me that all that we worked for is slowly getting picked apart and, and thrown to the way- wayside. And it's it's so disappointing. Oh, thank God we didn't trade the number two pick tonight, dude. Can you imagine if that had happened? <laughs> if we traded the number two pick, I would just like throw myself off my sister's belt. <laughs> I, I, I do want to remind uh, ourselves to to put a positive spin on this and just try and see you know, the benefits in this, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. I thought we could go through just, you know, some other funny stuff, but, and one of the funny things is, um, you know how, like, the last two years or so, we've been inundated with a bunch of, whether it's from Lakers fans or Sixers fans, right? Lakers should trade uh, D'Angelo Russell for Jaleel Okafor and maybe get an extra asset. Sixers fans saying, hey, can we trade Jaleel Okafor for D'Angelo Russell? And we've had to hear it over and over again. I just think it's hilarious that we ended up kind of trading for Julie Locafor, like the rich man's version of Julie yeah. Locafor. Uh, but he's he's older, he makes $25 million, and he shoots threes. But essentially, Brooke Lopez was our Julie Locafor comp, right? <laughs> Coming out of the college. And so the fact that we ended up doing that is uh, very sad and ironic. And uh, I guess the joke's on us. I think that's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel so good about myself. Um, and, and, you know, I feel bad, too, because the beginning of the day we heard all this turmoil about the knicks yeah and chris stapps porzingis ha-ha. And I was, haha i was making fun of them i was like ah look at you guys it's so funny you guys cried about chris stapps once and you're gonna cry again and i feel like i jinxed us and it was yeah, my thanks, bad dude. thanks for jinxing us <laughs> it was my bad thinking that we were above the knicks you know what i mean so um no one blames you for that it's fine <laughs> uh does anybody else have <laughs> Does anybody else have anything to whine about or complain about before we get to what we can dig out in terms of positives? It's really hot in Southern California right now. I can complain about that. Yeah, I, I think what I want to know is, man, Rob Palinka, Magic, they better they better have some sort of press conference tomorrow. I really want to hear what they have to say. There's no way they're going to, dude. 
unless they get Paul George, there's absolutely no. Because what are they gonna say? We're I, sorry, I everyone. I this hear. is what we had I to do. Hear. No, dude, not a freaking <laughs> chance. Although they've done a lot of other things wrong so far, maybe that'll just add to the list, and they will do it. Right. <laughs> That's true. I mean, the only the only thing that can salvage it, this is not going to salvage it, mind you, in my eyes, or probably your guys' eyes, and a lot of fans' eyes, but. To the, at least the mass media, the only thing they can do to salvage this is actually get Paul George and then hold a big press conference and immediately sign his extension or whatever and make this huge big stink about, well, now we have Paul George signed. And by unfortunately parting ways with D'Angelo Russell, who is a great young talent, we've cleared enough cap space to sign <laughs> another max player next summer. That's the only way that they're going to be able to. And it's still bittersweet. And it's still bittersweet. And like we're, I don't. You could just keep the damn team intact and get him. Well, exactly. That's not going to be satisfying for us, right? Because we have talked about all the things we just talked about on this uh, on this episode, and so that's still not totally satisfying. But I think in the eyes of the media, you could just imagine how the media is going to like view this and be like, "Oh yeah, well, yeah, they had to trade D'Angelo, but they got." Paul George and they got him on a long-term contract. Oh my just god, like those things are mutually exclusive. Good completely Lord. ignoring that so we were going to get this guy anyway. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it just anyway. That was my last whining. No, that. no, but that that's a good point because it's like we threw away that once in a lifetime leverage point of a player actually saying and his agent saying we're going to you. It's like we we acted like that didn't even exist as an option or like as something that we could use to our advantage. Right? We're like. That's operated operated on our own. So, right. Alan, do you have anything else to add about you know piling on with the <laughs> negatives? Uh, I don't know, man. I think the, what sucks the most is if we do get Paul George before or on Thursday. Again, it's going to be bittersweet. Like that's the worst part of all of this. Um, yeah, it's just it, it was like they were so rushed to get into this for no freaking reason at all. Um, that, that, that is really disappointing for sure. So, ah, sigh. That's it. Oh, Tommy, I wanted to ask you before we get into the positives, which we might never get to actually. Um, we just tried, didn't we? we, No, (laughs) no, no, I have, I have a point. Okay. Um, but, uh, what do you have to say about all this hubbub about, you know, the same agents, uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Paul George having the same agents and how, you know, at least two of them were going to stay on the Lakers. And now, you know, it's just going to be Paul George. And yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I always thought, and I think we said this in the last episode too, the agent brokering angle never really made sense to me. It's like these, what, what year is this? You know what I mean? Like why does Mint? it's like, what incentive does he have to have all three of them in the same place? Like the Lakers are going to build their team the way they want to build it. Mince is not going to, I can't remember his name. So I keep saying, yeah, Mince. It's Mince. what's his first name though? Aaron, 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 Mintz. Aaron Mintz. Aaron Mintz is not going to be Aaron. Aaron Mintz is not going to build this team. You know what I mean? Magic and Palenka are going to build this team. It's a coincidence that Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell are both his clients. You know, he what 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 the heck does he care where they go? As like you said, as long as they're not going to Sacramento, as long as they're not going to Charlotte or like some smaller market team that's going to play like slow ball, like grind it out style of play, like. Where does he care where they go? Because they're going to get paid more likely there than they would get paid here, you know? So it, it, that whole angle never really made sense to me. And like up until this morning, if you go look at Eric Pincus's timeline, not to like call him out specifically, because like 
nobody thought that D'Angelo was going to be in this type of trade today. But Eric Pincus this morning was like defending to the death that like agents hold so much power. And like, if, uh, if, if Mintz is helping broker this deal, that's the word he kept using. If Mintz is helping broker this deal, there's no way that D'Angelo and, and or Randall are going to be traded. At, at most, maybe one of them gets removed, but like, there's no way it's going to be D'Angelo and all this and that and like posting quotes of like, Paul George after the Olympic team practice praising D'Angelo as being one of the better young players. He was with part of like the I 21 and or whatever the young practice squad that they call. Mm-hmm. So I, that angle never really made sense to me. And I think we're seeing it firsthand here, unfortunately that, you know, we've traded D'Angelo. Randall might very well be involved in this trade for Paul George if, if it actually happens. But yeah, I don't know. This yeah, is no, Yeah, yeah, it didn't make it doesn't make any sense. And even for D'Angelo Russell, his agent may be like, "Yeah, ship him to Brooklyn. He's going to get his stats over there, and he's going to get paid. Exactly. He won't won't have to deal with Lonzo Ball. So he he's going to get his stats. He's going to get paid. There's going to be way, way, way less pressure on him. Like I know we're a 27 win team, but being in LA and being in this media spotlight is like not for everybody. You know, like most players get to go places and like they're expected to kind of suck for a few years and then they emerge. John Wall didn't do Jack for like his first several years in the NBA. Like he was putting up assists. He was getting like some points. He couldn't shoot to save his life. He couldn't really do anything else. And his team wasn't winning any games, but he got to develop as like a normal pace. And now he's like one of the better point guards in the NBA, you know? So like that's something that D'Angelo wasn't really afforded here, but he'll get that in Brooklyn and, his agent would only want that for him. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I never understood why, why it was like, Oh, well no, his agent wants him to be in LA. Really? Like what if LA doesn't give him a max contract and they hold his restricted free agent rights? Wouldn't you rather have him go to a place where he could more likely to get that? Like it, it just never made sense. Right. Right. Okay. So let's spend the next, the last five to 10 minutes trying to find some sort of silver lining um, from all of this. Uh, even though I'm sure more complaints will come out in the process of doing so. Um, I do have an angle that I think may be somewhat palatable. Um, what if Palinka and Magic are trying to do what the Celtics did in 2008 or 2007 when they on the fly put together a championship level team by trading some of the young core, you know, they traded Al Jefferson um, and some other pieces for Kevin Garnett. You know, obviously Paul Pierce was already there on the Celtics, so they at least had one uh, one core piece. And then they traded the number five pick to Ray Allen. So thinking about those moves, you know, they're not too dissimilar from what's going on right now. In fact, I would probably freak out too. It's like, oh no, what are we doing? These guys are like 29, 28 years old. Why are they doing that, you know? And the only real young piece outside of Paul George that the Celtics had was Rajon Rondo. So if we're doing some equating here, you know, maybe Paul George equals Paul Pierce once he gets here. Brandon Ingram may be our Rondo. And so maybe it would benefit, you know, Brandon Ingram the way it benefited Rondo to be surrounded by these playoff ready superstars who will get him to the playoffs, maybe even the second round or the Western Conference finals as quick as possible, you know? So what if they end up making some sort of, you know, after the Paul George thing, they may, they sign another free agent this summer um, and bolster that core. And somehow, you know, as soon as this year, we make it to the second round of the playoffs and so begins our, you know, we're not going to beat the Warriors, but maybe we get it to the, the, 
the Western Conference Finals in the next three years, you know? So that's the only way I can see this spin working. Obviously, we're also banking on LeBron James, but even if it's not LeBron James, there are other free agents in 2018 that could opt out, like DeMarcus Cousins. People are throwing out Russell Westbrook, you know, Blake Griffin. So what if they're able to create some sort of core like the Celtics did? I I think that's maybe what they're hoping to do. And, you know, it did work out before. Even though the Celtics were trading, you know, young assets left and right, and Al Jefferson at the time was averaging pretty much 19 and 10. So it could be similar in this case. And, you know, like I said, if we trade for Paul George and Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle go out, the salaries pretty much match up. And so we will still have the 24 or so million to work with, provided Nick Young doesn't opt in. We don't guarantee Tariq Black's um, contract, and we may even move Corey Brewer for nothing, right? Um, so we, we would still have like 20, 20 to 25 plus million to work with, even when, once we traded for Paul George. So at that case, maybe we sign a guy like, I don't know, I don't know. Like maybe we sign Blake Griffin, maybe we sign um, Kyle Lowry. I don't really want that to happen. Maybe we sign Kyle Lowry, right? Who knows? And you have Kyle Lowry, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, um, Paul George. I didn't even bring up Lonzo Ball. So we would have technically two young core pieces. So in that scenario, maybe you can start to see where they're coming from. Um, I think it's a bit delusional because the landscape was totally different than back then where the Celtics, yeah, exactly. they, they, they really got Hall of Famers, you know, they got the guys right in their primes. Um, and, you know, Paul George is, I guess, technically in his prime, but he's not Kevin Garnett. He's not Ray Allen. Um, we're getting poor man's versions of those guys, right? Um, so Alan, what, what are your thoughts on that? And if you had any other positives to add? I mean, for that, obviously, all of the stars would have to align so perfectly because Kevin Garnett was on his way out of Minnesota and didn't even really know if he wanted to leave. And, you know, if you're getting these kind of disgruntled superstar players who are looking for a way out, then that does make sense. But I don't know, man. I just I don't really see it happening. Um, If that is what they have in mind and if they have a very solid plan to execute it, um then I guess that's all we can hope for. You know what I mean? Obviously, I'd be thrilled if something like that happened. And like you said, we're not looking to compete for the title like the Celtics did the first year. We understand the circumstances. But even if we had kept D'Angelo, like, it's not like we were expecting to make a title run either. So that would that would be okay. You just kind of cut your losses and say, well, it would have been nice to see D'Angelo develop with us because we like him. But, hey, shoot, look what it turned into and who would have thunk? Um so, yeah, I mean, I don't have an objection to that angle, and I'm sure they love to do it. Just like you said, though, the landscape is so different these days. And at this point, like, who exactly would we be looking to sign? You know, who would be the Kevin Garnett or the Ray Allen, so to speak? Those pieces work so perfectly together. It just made sense. And we're kind of like, well, I mean, maybe Kyle Lowry, maybe Blake Griffin. <laughs> like, the, I mean, Magic has said as much as we're not really looking at this free agency class right now anyway. We're looking at 2018, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. That'd be nice, though. Uh, uh, Tommy, what about you? Do you see any positives out of this? Yeah, I think you did a really good job of, like, making the most positive spin. <laughs> but uh, it it still doesn't really... It's so sad, right? And I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said this is not the same era. Because you can concoct many different scenarios. Like, for example... Apparently, Jimmy Butler, and again, this is all rumors and like speculation and like, no, we're not actually there, so we don't know what's happening. Apparently, the Bulls offered to trade Jimmy Butler to the Celtics for number three straight up and were rejected by the Celtics. So I don't know if that's true, but let's say hypothetically something like that is true. If you're able to trade the number two 
for Jimmy Butler and then maybe shed a contract. And then you still have enough money to float around for a max type player. Maybe Chris Paul is looking at you this summer because you traded the number two and you traded D'Angelo and now you have no point guards. So yeah, you could feasibly somehow think of like a way where they can end up in a situation where they fall as, as backwards into a team that includes like Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, Paul George. And I mean, like, I guess basically nobody else at that point, but like, that's your three guys. And sadly, we are in an era where that is not good enough to beat the Golden yep. State Warriors. Like, not even remotely close. Like, Chris Paul's getting a little bit older. Jimmy Butler, Paul George, while they're both very, very solid players, they're not going to beat the San Antonio Spurs in the playoff series, who, like, are an actual team. I mean, maybe they would put up a fight, I guess, and that we would have to see. But it's not a guarantee by any means that they beat the San Antonio Spurs. It's not a guarantee by any means. They would be like the Houston Rockets who are going to run you out of the gym and shoot a million threes. And there is no chance. I will say there is zero chance that that roster beats the Golden State Warriors. So what's like, what's your end game? You're putting together a roster. You're gutting all of your assets that you've, you've worked at to build a four year window. The whole idea I thought with this whole rebuild process was not to build a four year window. It was to sort of build like a sustainable, like, okay, we're going to have these guys for a few years. And uh, if we can get Paul George, that'll be great. And then we'll make a little run in this next four-year, five-year window with Paul George. And by the time Paul George starts entering the twilight of his career, oh, good news, we still have all these young dudes who are now only like 27. So when Paul George is ready to move on, like we can just transition right into them. It's like you're setting yourself for a four-year window in which you most likely will not win. And at the end of it, you're you're going to have no assets. Like I just, I don't know. I, I yes, the positive is you play exciting basketball, you win games. Like it's not like that team is going to be a lottery team with Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, and Paul George. Like that might very immediately compete for like a top four or five seed in the West. Um, but yeah, I, second round is like the best you could hope for, at least for the first year. And then you have no real flexibility to add anything beyond that because you have Chris Paul, Max, you have, um, and he's like a super veteran. You have, uh, uh, I mean, he wouldn't get the super max, but you know what I'm saying? Like he's older, so he gets a lot of money. So you have Chris Paul, Max, you have Paul George, Max, Jimmy Butler, actually, you're lucky a little bit because he's on a cost control deal. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm assuming to get LeBron, he would have to take a significant pay cut. If you wanted to join that type of group. And to me, that's your only chance of, of winning is if you have LeBron plus those three guys, that's what it's come to with this Golden State Warriors team, you know? So, so yeah, but I, that is one way. Yeah. May, of, of looking at it, I should say that maybe they just like, maybe they're just like, <laughs> screw it. Let's go all in and, uh, and let's just build this team right now to, to compete for a top four seed in the West. Right. And obviously the more, um, you know, obvious uh, positive is we're going to have cap space, right? And we're going <laughs> to have space. More, yeah, we're going to have yeah, more cap we've space. We've never than had we that. I'm so glad anticipated. we have it now. <laughs> well, the, the hope is, uh, well, yeah. Um, but I, 
<laughs> the the hope is oh never mind <laughs> no i mean the hope is leg- legitimately as opposed to last year when we had a cobbling kobe after the achilles right we'll at least have a paul george in place and brandon ingram so there's at least something there for a fr- or paul george brandon ingram and lonzo ball right so there's at least something there for free agents to look at right um so you could actually do something with that cap space as opposed to just kobe bryant um and and a an injured and aging Kobe Bryant um, as it was. Um, But, you know, I think, like I said, if we sign another free agent this summer, so let's say they kind of wait till 2018 to sign LeBron or or pick up that second max guy along with Paul George. Let's say they sign Kyle Lowry um, this summer and you have a team of Kyle Lowry. But let's say you do have Kyle Lowry because you need another ball handler next to Lonzo Ball, right? Whether it's to just help him out or, you know, maybe he plays back up at the start. But let's say you do have Kyle Lowry, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Paul George, and Brooke Lopez. I guess how many how many wins do you think that team is going to win? I, I'm happy to say that it's going to take it out, uh, going to take our 2018 first round pick, hopefully out of top five pick range. But I guess do you think yeah. that team makes the playoffs? That team makes the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I mean, what do you think, Alan? Yeah, I think I yeah. think that team makes the playoffs. Okay, so that's pretty good, right? You build I think up they'd be, what, some like a six or seven. Right, yeah, six or seven seed. Yeah. For for the first year, I think that's pretty good while also getting Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball some playoff experience, right? And then by the time 2018 summer rolls on, or rolls once we roll into 2018 summer, Brooke Lopez's 22 million or the cap hold will probably be like 30 million will come off our books and then we can sign an additional piece to Kyle Lowry and Paul George. And I'm just using Kyle Lowry as just a random dude. Sure. We might get someone better, you know? Yeah. But in that sense, it would be Paul George... Uh, superstar X, superstar Y, plus Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. So in that scenario, obviously we have to pick the absolute, absolute right pieces. But in that scenario, you can see at least us becoming competitive once again. And in the first year, yeah. if you make the seventh seed, that's not bad, you know? Yeah, and I, I guess another, again, I Chris Paul is like such a pipe dream at this point, right? But And I also have questions of how he would fit into like the type of culture and offense we're trying to build because... He plays more of like an old school game, I would say, but uh, in terms of the point guard just pounds the ball all day. But I don't know. It's a weird time right now. We haven't heard the Lakers uh, link to anybody else, but it's like you wonder, okay, if we get Paul George and by trading Mozgov and trading D'Angelo and trading whoever we trade in the Paul George situation, we do have this full max. Is Chris Paul going to be like, Chris Paul's thinking about his future, right? And I don't want to go back to this whole banana boat, you know, business, <laughs> but those banana boat bastards said that they wanted to, <laughs> said that they wanted to link up. And basically it was, I mean, it was LeBron, Chris Paul, uh, Dwayne Wade, and the fourth was Carmelo Mello, Anthony, obviously, yeah. right? But like, forget Mello for a second. Like, you're off the banana boat. <laughs> you're off the banana boat, right? And we have like a younger, better version of you and Paul George. If Chris Paul signs here, if we get Paul George and lock him up and we still have enough space and we are able to acquire him and immediately extend him, and then we still have a max spot this summer, I can't help but think Chris Paul is going to at least like give us a look. You know what I mean? Like things are kind of tenuous with the Clippers. Like clearly that team roster is not going anywhere. They don't really have a ton of flexibility. I know Jerry West just got here, but. Chris Paul almost was a Laker. He wanted to be a Laker. He lives in LA. He wouldn't have to move. He would literally practice in the same gym or practice or uh, play games in the same gym. 
And um, then you're setting yourself up for now you have these two max dudes spend the rest of the year figuring out how the heck you're going to shed all the rest of your salary. And then you could potentially land a guy like uh, LeBron next year. And then maybe D Wade signs for like the minimum. Cause he just opted in to 24 million <laughs> because like, although he's completely not worth it, but he went for his last payday, which I respect. 24 so. million reasons. Why man? Why not? Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, like, yeah, you could see a really crazy situation where all I'm happens. feeling better already. I know. But it's like, it's so unlikely that all any of that happens. Um, yeah. Let's say the status quo kind of happens and we're going to be left with a team of... Oh, God, no. This is what's going to happen. Up, bye. It's going to be Paul George, Brooke Lopez, uh, Luau Deng, Lonzo Ball, and Brandon Ingram. Oh, God. Ingram. Does that team win so 35? 35, 42? Yeah? No, 30, not, 42. not 42. Okay, 35 wins. 35-40 wins. Right? I'd say 30 to 35 wins. Paul okay. George has never played in the West, dude. I yeah, guess Brooke Lopez true. is pretty good, too. But has he, he okay, so, Generally, so, I was going to say mid-30s. At okay, best, that's would fine. be in the high 30s. Okay, that's fine. And we yeah. have to keep in mind, too, that Lonzo Ball is a rookie point guard. You maybe exactly, have yeah. 40 wins if you had D'Angelo Russell still on the team. But, yeah, he's going to have to do some acclimating. But with that said, what do you guys think of Brooke Lopez's fit along with Lonzo Ball as his uh, I mean, TJ Welsh? At least he can stretch the floor, right? So he would fit, you know. <laughs> that's okay. What Thomas Welsh. What's his name? Thomas Welsh. Yeah. I put them Walsh. together. Yeah, that, that, but, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So yeah, what do you think about his fit? I mean, it would be if you needed a center who could space the floor, it would be Brick Lopez because all he does is shoot threes, and Lonzo Ball could use him as a safety valve, right? Right. Brook Lopez does kill us when we play at Staples Center. That's for oh, sure. Oh, he definitely does. <laughs> yeah. He's a Laker killer. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, it's not. It, yeah, it's a. It's actually a great fit. Um, and I think during the year we talked about, is it going to be in any remote, remotely at, at all possible? For us to dump Mozgov on Brooklyn because because uh, Brook Lopez is expiring and Brooklyn needs young assets. We actually did talk about this. I mean, we don't log all our episodes, so it would be really hard to find it. But we did talk about this. I know for a fact we did. And the hypothetical we used was like including Jordan Clarkson or something. Yeah. Like Jordan Clarkson and a, maybe a late first rounder and... Uh, Mozgov for Brooke Lopez and just like a straight salary dump. Um, and that's, I guess, in a way, kind of what happened. I mean, we, we used D'Angelo, which is so much worse. But but, uh, <laughs> but we wanted Brooke Lopez, not because he's like a game-changing, like franchise-changing center, but he showed that he can, you know, he, he knows his role. He plays his 25 minutes a game or whatever. But in that 25 minutes per game, he is like, he showed he could play in an up-tempo system. He's only 28 years old. Thank he God he played slow. like 70 plus games the last three years. That's I know promising. exactly. He showed he can stay healthy, which is good. He's shown, um, although he's extremely slow on the pick and roll as a defender, I think he has got really, really good length and timing. So he's like actually a very good shot blocker per 36. Um, he is like, it's not even remotely close when it comes to him and Mozgov, who's better, right? But we're, we're just kind of viewing this as like a one-year rental, and it'll only help Lonzo's development. If we end up keeping Randall, it'll only help Randall's development to have a five who can sit out there and shoot. And like, I mean, as of a few days ago, we were talking about, oh my God, I, I bet they're trying to get Zach Collins because, <laughs> because 
they have so many bigs who cannot shoot the ball. I wish they had just gotten Zach Collins. I know, yeah. <laughs> I know, don't get me wrong, me too. But, but uh, we were just saying, like, what are they going to do about that? And so they ended up getting, you know, kind of in a way killing two birds with one stone because if you know Lonzo's your guy, then, you know, you get Lonzo and then you uh, uh, you you uh, now have given him some shooters, which is going to, like, immensely, immensely help his development. Brooke Lopez is not a bad shooter. He shot like 35%. And he, he made like two threes a game pretty much last year. Yeah, he year. took like five threes a game. He was like legitimate. I mean, if you watched um, some Nets games, I think, right, or at least some yep. highlights, because they, they had some stretches when Lynn was playing where they were actually way, way better than us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, he's not going to be a bad fit at all, but it's like a one year fit, you know. Well, and here's the I think here's where Brook Lopez's value actually may end up lying, and that's in the fact that he is an expiring contract. So what do you think about him as a trade ship at the trade deadline to actually get in a guy that you would actually want? Because twenty two million expiring, you know, that could be used in this, you know crazy cap league where another team may be wanting to rebuild. They have no use for a guy that has two years left on their contract, but someone who would be definitely useful to us and could be a pseudo star. What do you think about him potentially being a a trade ship? I think that's a very attractive piece for other teams to want to get in on for sure. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you just add another asset too to even sweeten the deal. But I think I actually, I mean, I was just going to say, I don't totally buy that because if the plan is to get like a LeBron type, we're not going to commit ourselves to sure. more long contracts. Uh, expiring contract only has value when you're willing to take on long contracts. Like nobody's going to trade you more expiring contracts for your expiring contract. Um, and if I don't think we're going to, I mean, at barring some, something weird happening, I doubt we plan to keep him beyond this year. So, yep. Agree. All right. So with that said, I think that was a pretty good job of putting a positive spin on things. Um, that was really good, dude. I feel yeah. a lot better about this. Yeah, I was just going to ask, do we feel better, worse, or the same after all of that? Uh, obviously, we feel better. We're just kind of waiting for this Paul George thing to drop so we can feel actually better. And so I guess we'll leave it right there. And I want to ask you guys, what do we want this final deal to be? Are we okay with it being Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle, 27 and 28 at this point? Or are we hoping for the best oh, case God. scenario that it's just JC 27, 28? Tommy. Oh, for me, it has to be JC 27, 28 because I know we have like other power forwards, but like, when does it end? When does it end for God's sake? How many, <laughs> how many assets are we going to continue to dump? Like for God's sake, just get it done. JC 27, 28 for Paul George. And then we can use Randall or, you know, whoever else to dump more assets. Yeah. Alan, what about you? Yeah, I feel the same way there. Dude, if we freaking do 27, 28 JC and Randall, I'm going to be like completely losing my mind. So, uh, nope, it's got to be one player. Um, I'm actually, I'm fine. I just want to see Paul George in, in a Laker uniform. I know. Because, because, it, because if they, salvage it. yeah, if they don't do it, then I'm just going to be like, what are we doing That's with this roster point. That's right actually now? That's a good point. It's like, what is this? <laughs> So let's say the most likely situation happens, right? Which is we trade those guys we just said for Paul George. So then are we planning to start, like, uh, I guess it would be Lonzo, Paul George at the two guard, which I guess is fine because he can handle the ball. Um, Mm -hmm. Brandon Ingram, Randall, and Brooke Lopez. How many games does that roster? Wouldn't Randall be gone? Oh, so I mean, Larry, like, Nance. Larry Nance or Luol Deng? Luol Deng or Larry Nance and then uh, Brooke Lopez. I guess it would probably be Luol Deng. 
And it also doesn't include whoever, whatever rental we sign in free agency, right, to help the team. But right. I mean, probably that same thirty-five to forty range. You know? Yeah, I guess it's, it, it's, it's whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but Paul George sucks. is a Laker, so. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's just like everyone that we've grown attached to for all these years is just going to be freaking gone. I know, I know. Yeah, at the end of the day, I guess it's okay. It's so funny. I wish we had, we'd been, I mean, nobody would listen, but I wish we'd been recording this podcast since like 2012 when this whole madness or 2013 when all this stuff was starting and we were, we were getting super attached to the idea of Julius Randle and and we would all try to temper each other's expectations (laughs) and be like, Oh, I don't know, dude. Like, we shouldn't get too attached. All these guys could easily be gone, and, and here we are. We're starting to see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the saddest part, right, is just to the extent at which they were gone. I went from, you know, I know. my my mentality was like, look, there are only a few players I'm willing to trade D'Angelo Russell in a package for, and one of those guys is Markel Fultz. I went from Markel Fultz to all of a sudden, here's Brooke Lopez. And I was like, what? How did we get here? You know, that's the theme of the day. How did we get here? But... Who's going to score more points next season, Brooke Lopez or Mar- Markel Fultz? Good point. That's I mean, Brook Lopez actually question, might. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't mean anything. But yeah. yeah, it doesn't mean anything, but it's hilarious. <laughs> Who's going to get more rebounds? I think Fultz is going to get more rebounds. You know yeah, what? I, it's it's going to be close points wise because he's on the Sixers. I remember that he's not on the Celtics anymore, where for sure Brook Lopez would have won that battle. But yeah. on the Sixers, you never know. So, all right. I think that's it. This is a long, long uh, aired out, unplugged episode. Long AF. Yeah. Long AF. All right. Well, I mean, at least our our tone is a little higher to end this show. It's a little better. We're feeling a little more chipper. But uh, yeah, I expect stuff to happen tomorrow and then Thursday. And we'll see where we are then. It can only go up from here. Right, guys? Oh, it could get worse. We could trade the number two pick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying it could get worse. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Hope that was cathartic. And yes, overreaction theater. But actually... I don't think so. Um, follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod to read my rapid fire moaning and groaning of all this. And obviously, please rate and review us on iTunes. So with that said, we will catch you guys on draft day when hopefully we have a team to look at. So, Alan, catch you later. Hopefully no emergency recording tomorrow night. Bye, guys. Tommy, catch you later. Later. Oh, actually, Rob Polinka, what do you have to say for yourself really quickly? Well, well, the first thing I want to say is, uh, Laker Nation, I, I can understand your frustration, but Magic and I have put a lot of thought, as as well as a lot of prayer, into this. So, um, every, every, everything is going to be okay, and we're excited for what the future holds. Thank you for your support. Please don't kill me. Alright, just do better. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> This is what Flo from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.